like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Today, we welcome back to Song of the Soul, Michelle Lynn. She was with us two years ago, and she's continued in her prolific creation of music, producing songs that go way deep, exploring far-flung corners of the human mind and spirit. I promise you that Michelle Lynn packs more profundity per square inch of her 25 years on this planet than anyone I've ever met. Just check out the titles of her recordings. Her first three CDs were Hospital Radio, Jump Roping in Chains, and Pre-Echoes of the Postmodern. And in the past two years, she's added Sundial Tree and Without an Outline. Michelle Lynn is a joy and a treat, and she joins us today by phone from Decorah, Iowa. Michelle Lynn, welcome back to Song of the Soul. Thank you for having me. It was about two years ago when I met with you and had a really wonderful sharing for your first Song of the Soul. I do hope people will go to northernspiritradio.org and listen to that one. At that point, you were particularly happy. You were happy to have arrived in Decorah from your previous meanderings. Is it still a, a good slice of heaven? I am loving Decora more than I could have imagined. I really love living here, and the past two years have been very interesting. I've just learned a lot just by kind of doing my own thing and doing music on different levels and giving lessons and doing little side project things here and there. And, yeah, just learning a lot and growing a lot and meeting a lot of new friends and cool people. When you say learning a lot, is this by books or is it school of life or how are you absorbing all these lessons of the universe? I guess when I was saying learning a lot, I was meaning just running my own business or thinking of it in that way, being self-employed for two years. I learned a lot about myself just having to be the organizer or being the facilitator of my day and just having it left open and that there's nothing coming down on you to really make any of these things happen. Like if something's going to happen, it has to be out of my own volition. When there's a triumph or a joy that it's kind of on me, and then when there's a thing that kind of goes wrong or maybe a disappointment that it's kind of all self-contained as well, and, and just seeing the ups and downs of that. And you continue to produce music at a prodigious rate. I think most people could only envy the amount of music that you turn out and the, the deep introspective music that you turn out. What's your method or what's your practice to be able to nurture that in yourself? I think a lot of it's just doing it when I want to do it. And then when I don't want to do it, I just don't do it. <laughs> like, I try not to make it like any, you know, it's the soul. And I, I 
don't have a method for it or any methodical approach. At one time I thought I could, you know, by doing a certain thing every day or something like that. But now I just think it's important to wake up each day and kind of read my mood and be like, you know, am I kind of more into a practical activity today or is today a day where my mind's going to be spacing off anyways and I should probably just go <laughs> try to write. And that idea of just really, really asking at each moment, like what is it right now that I would want to do because if I'm not going to be that efficient at it than to go do something else. I finished up this last album and I've been watching Netflix documentaries and having nice wine nights with friends and doing nothing for like a month. <laughs> and it was really important to do that. So No wonder you like Decora. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm taking like a hip-hop dance class at Luther and like, you know, at one time I found the more I tried to do music, the more I couldn't do it. And the more I just kind of would let it go and only like do it when I wanted to, that actually made a bigger difference in my ability to write, I guess. It's, it's funny that way. So let's get going on your music right away. You produce a lot more wonderful music, and as I said, you, you don't seem to know anywhere to swim but on the deep side of the pool. Tell us about Sundial Tree and your first song. A Line was a song that I just I felt really good about writing because I just felt like a lot of things were lining up really good in life and that all these things of the past had come to a, a point that really pointed me in the direction that I was going to go. And I, I actually wrote it in Austin before we moved back, and I was recording it around the time that I talked to you two years ago. It was just about this idea of trying to devote my life to music, whatever that would mean for me, that I would just pull out the rug from underneath myself and a lot of other ways or directions that things could go and I would just offer myself five years to just devote myself to music and see what happens. So at this point I'm two years into it and I'm thankful to that song for when I wrote that song was really when I kind of made that type of, I don't know if you could call it a contract with yourself or something. Well, it looks like you've been doing a good job of following the conditions of the contract, whatever that is. <laughs> the, <laughs> the alignment that you're talking about Obviously, I mean, it's got a metaphysical element, or maybe it's essentially metaphysical, I think. You refer in the song to ley lines, and for those who don't know what ley lines are, they're a number of places, geographical or historical interests, that seem to line up in a, maybe some kind of energy way or intention way, or, or maybe you want to say it in your words, but are there such things around Decora as well, or is this something you've experienced firsthand? I've always thought there's sacred sites or sites that, if not everybody resonates, maybe even in your own personal life you resonate with. And, yeah, it was definitely all the things that you said about ley lines. You hit it right in the way that I would have said it as well. And, and just this idea of places where you feel really good, and then I would go maybe to other places and I just wouldn't feel good. And I was like, what is this about, you know? And some people think maybe it's ions and in the water underground and, and people have all kinds of ideas of just about the natural beauty of a location as well. And I know with Decora here, there's some type of idea of like a meteorite struck here. That was the thing in the news a year ago. So it's maybe a town built on, if you can picture what would happen when um, the Earth is struck by something like that, uh, that maybe it did get charged. Who knows? <laughs> well, charge us up here with a line. It's by Michelle Lynn from Sundial Tree. Guard night, 
Lynn is with us today for Song of the Soul for her second Song of the Soul. She was with us about two years ago. That song was A Line. And Michelle, you're sharing this with us. Uh, you Right now, you're over in the KPVL studios, one of the places where this program is broadcast in Iowa. Yes. What's your connection with KPVL? Are you volunteer? Do you do shows? Do they get you on there sometimes broadcasting locally? It's a lot of friends who do shows on here, and I'm really good friends with Adam Wilson, who's the manager here at the station, and he definitely has helped me out a lot throughout the years through interviews and also through graphic design help and helping me with my website. And, yeah, it's just down the street, and no one was in here this morning, and it was a good landline. So, yeah, I, I always love visiting here. Decorah is a very interesting little corner of Iowa. There's other wonderful places in Iowa, but there is a special feel about Decorah. What drew you there? A lot of it is the focus on organic farming and organic foods and and the co-op. I think it was a big part of our decision to move to a town that had a co-op and had a lot of community things going on with the arts, but yet that we could... I I can walk to almost everything that I do. I have very little need for a vehicle other than my traveling that happens with my shows and stuff. So just all those elements that just are very sustainable. It's a very self-supported place and just has a lot of people living here that I really respect their take on life and what they do with their day-to-day interactions with people. When you have a lot of respect for a place, you want to go there, (laughs) you know. And Michelle Lynn is speaking to us today from Decorah, Iowa. But if you want to find about her, best place to go may be her website, michellelynnmusic.com. And if you are spelling challenged, I still think you can probably spell nordenspiritradio.org and you can find a link from my site. Give us some more music, Michelle. Yeah, the next song that we were going to talk about today is called Mathematician Mystic. It's a song about numbers. The, the whole album, I, I was really influenced by music theory and researching kind of the nature of reality in a very dimensional way and thinking of it in different terms of physics. And, and I just came across these ideas about numbers that there's a Pythagoras quote that everything is numbers and therefore the only number is one. And I remember really thinking of that when I was looking at music and just all these numbers behind music that... It's amazing to me that that's just like flying out of there at people or these different proportions are arranged that our minds naturally gravitate towards. And and this is what's making great art throughout human history and it's making great sounds. and, And I just, I really fell in love with the idea of that mysterious divine proportion and trying to reach for it and be in touch with it 
in order to make melodies or things that were pleasing. Or if a song has just the right amount of change, but at the same time has just the right amount of similar things going on too, so that the mind can hook onto that. And what is it about this that makes it so pleasing? Like when I listen to my favorite songs, I feel like my whole brain is just taken on a journey and it's it happens all in one location. My body doesn't even have to move. You know, my eyes can be closed, but that my whole mind is taken on a three-minute journey or a five-minute journey of very pleasurable sensations. And I, I was just like, what is this all about? What does this say about our brains and what does this say about the way the human is oriented and what it might be reaching for when it's trying to do musical things or do arts. And also uh, this idea of meta patterns. I don't know if maybe your listeners have heard of it, but this idea that there's very small combinations out in nature that lead to infinite combinations. And the ideas would be like DNA. There's like four of those that are, are the basis, and then they lead to this many amino acids, which leads to biological life in as many varieties and forms as it's found. And two more examples would be like the alphabet then leads to how many sentences and paragraphs, you know, which then leads to infinite thoughts in a large you know, number of people. And also the periodic table, these elements that then become chemicals or compounds or minerals, and then those also can become biological life. And, you know, just all these things hit me all at once, and it was all very kind of important enough to me to make an album about it and really make sure that I could stay in touch with that more mysterious side of life and keep it at the front of my mind when I proceed with making music for the rest of my life. And also just numbers and music, the very beautiful message that it's necessary for every musician to do something very different in order for the music to sound good, but that maybe in life we always are trying to pigeonhole things or get people, you know, maybe you want people to be similar to you because you think then you'd understand them or things like that, but that in music it's very okay for a bunch of people to get up on a stage or go do something, and they, it's very accepted and actually encouraged that they would all be doing something very different from each other. <laughs> way to say that musically is with Michelle Lynn's song, Mathematician Mystic. How many outlaws breathe down your neck? How many ideas get off your chest? How many options in your
mathematician mystic. Michelle Lynn is our guest for Song of the Soul. That's from her CD that was released about two years ago, Sundial Tree. Michelle, there's so much in that song. And just what you were talking about before we played the music, I have the sense that you must study in every discipline, in every realm of thought. Are you endlessly reading, endlessly studying? Do you take courses at Luther College there? How do you get all of this into your head? I think I'm lucky that I meet different people and that we just live in an age where information is passed around so quickly. You know, you meet one person who tells you to go read about this link or watch this video, and then suddenly that opens up. Maybe they just showed you one thing, but it doesn't take much to kind of spend a few hours researching it more or finding a few books at the library. And, yeah, I find it all through just friends and the passing on of information and everything And also a lot of times to just cut information completely off and only like sit in your own mind for a little while or go take a walk or something and then piece it all together a little bit more than, so an equal amount of input and then processing and then output, you know, I just, I'm I'm really lucky to have met the people who I had that had books on the shelves that I really liked. Earlier when we were speaking, I thought that maybe the word discipline would be a a nasty word to you. (laughs) Uh, Do you have any kind of spiritual disciplines, practices? I mean, you talked about sitting with thoughts, and I think right away of some kind of meditation or other such inward focusing. Is there anything like that that's part of you? I like things. I don't have any, like, routine routine. I kind of gravitate away from uh, routine routines. But I do think, like, to come across something and even just do it once, if it feels good, then for sure try to do it the next day and build off of that until once you don't enjoy it, then maybe do something else. One meditation that I really did enjoy is this idea that you ask, like, where am I? Like, if you sit, you know, with yourself and you just ask, where am I? And you look at various parts of your life that you can actually pinpoint it. I found that very beautiful and beneficial to just think, like, if I think of this thought that I have, that it really couldn't have actually possibly ever originated from anything that is just me as the body just sitting right here. That it, you know, right now I'm using a language that's how old, that came from a human brain, which is how much even older uh, that had to evolve over hundreds of thousands of years. And then maybe if I think I have an opinion about something to just ask over and over again, like, well, where did that come from? And it's usually just this gathering of a whole bunch of things and, and that you pretty much realize that then you're not there. And, and I find that very freeing to think, you know, if I ask hard enough and look hard enough, at first it was very nauseating. It's terrifying to really realize, wow, maybe I'm not, here in any concrete form and it's just going to keep changing and oh no where does that mean that it's going and but it's very great to realize from the food on your table to the shoe on your foot like how many people or things or elements had to come together to make that possible and that it's not anything that has to do with ownership and especially opinions like that it doesn't have anything to do with anything that could last for very long (laughs) which leads me to think that we should have some more music particularly because i think i know which one you're going to ask us to play next Oh, yeah. Arrive But Never Stay is kind of like what we were just talking about, that things would just keep changing and just came out of this whole album idea without an outline that maybe if you take on a lifestyle or roles that maybe aren't traditional for your gender or for just maybe your age or things like that, that there's no one planning life for you, that you have to make your own meaning. And in doing that, there's no arrival. There's never a point especially within my music, where I ever feel like I've arrived. 
and a, a just kind of accepting that, that it's always just going to feel that way and, and that it's always going to be this reaching or trying to look at it from a different angle and that that's a good thing. And, and it's a song to me that led really good out of the last album because of that whole idea of when I was talking about the musicians all doing different things but still making one piece of music that like we can become one without being the same and and that there's all those paradoxical things that are kind of reconciled when people listen to music, and that might be why it's just survived so long as a cultural thing that we gravitate towards. And one might notice that the song doesn't start right away. Um, on this album, I had a lot of fun doing this idea of interludes and making music that didn't necessarily have any words in it. I really loved the synthesizer and... So the song Arrive But Never Stay won't really happen until about a, a minute after these other sounds that are kind of getting one into a certain frame of mind or a certain space. We'll start from nowhereness, go to Arrive But Never Stay, Michelle Lynn.
You're listening to Song of the Soul. I'm Mark Helpsmeet, your host for this Northern Spirit Radio production, website northernspiritradio.org. Our guest today for Song of the Soul is Michelle Lynn. Her website is michellelynnmusic.com, and she is situated in Decorah, Iowa, which is one of the places that my music goes out to. You're connected with a good group of musicians there, and part of what I notice is that your early CDs were Michelle Lynn, and now it's Michelle Lynn and the Bad Passengers. Who are they? Well, one is my partner for six years that I absolutely love, and he plays the bass, and he comes around with me to different shows and has just started adding to the music gradually throughout the years. And then his best friend from another band that they were in as young people for over a decade, they were in a band called Rue Vermeer. And then there's friends that are around that maybe don't show up on the CDs, but I'll have them at the shows. And David Lester plays the harmonica. I've had Nori Hadley, who's in bands around town, play the violin on Sundial Tree. And things like that come up. And I also think of it outside the sphere of music, just anyone that I work with. There's a girl named Cassie, and her website is visualvoltagedesign.com. And there's also my friend Kaya Chomi, who did the artwork for the CD without an outline. That's kayachomi.com just friends that help me out in any way. I just have them under this term, the bad passengers. Now, the last two songs we just shared were Nowhereness, Leading Up to Arrive But Never Stay, and they're both from Without an Outline. What would you say was the overall theme, or what were you doing with the CD Without an Outline? A lot of it was focused on energy and the body and, and also thoughts. This idea that just being comfortable being in a body. And, and like, what does it mean to find yourself as a bunch of thoughts that feel like they're an antenna running these other parts of your body? And to just, start, I wanted to really start thinking with every cell in my body and not be dominated by this idea of a brain or this idea of, you know, I think such a dominating sense of the eyes that we, we sometimes just get all up here. We're all in our head but to really realize that it's one big journey that you're on. And I really like that Eastern idea of having, like, the idea of two souls, that when you pass away, one soul goes down and one soul goes up, and you're just on a journey with this vehicle, which is your body. And also the idea that energy is eternal, so the part of you that is energy is eternal. Maybe we've called that the soul throughout time. But just this whole idea of energy made it very necessary to have it as an electric album. I really wanted that from the beginning. I thought it matched the whole feel that was kind of going on. And a lot of spatial words happened throughout the making of the album. (laughs) And that's where the songs like Up and Out and Down and In and Centers and Limits came from. It was this idea of trying to map the mind or map the inner world of a person. And it was written all in one room and recorded all in one room. and, And that that you can travel a lot of different places and you don't necessarily have to do it in a literal way. There's a private journey that each person goes on with themselves and with all the information that is stored within their cells and within their mind and within their brain. And for me to just really honor that journey this time around and make a really good friend with myself, that's what I wanted to do. So without an outline is also that idea that we find ourselves in this reality and we see very hard lines and very 
hard differences between things. You know, I'm sitting on this chair and then, and then I'm right here. But that actu- in actuality, it's all like electrons and things that aren't that separate. It's just an illusion of the way our senses are built that we see it all so partitioned off and separate from ourselves. And it, it can be very sad at times when you realize, oh, it's I'm really alone in here. It's just my thoughts and, and this is it just that tragedy of being a human that you can't really get outside of yourself unless you find different experiences inside that lead you to be in touch with the universal or with something much broader than your one personal existence. So I wanted to just make an album around this idea that it's not just me in here. There's a lot of other energies and a lot of other things going on and that none of us are alone. And so you want to play a song or two connected to that. What would you like to do next? I'd say the song Down and In. Then Down and In it is by Michelle Lynn. song stretching our experience of reality it's by michelle lynn the song is down and in and it's from without an outline what you're talking about there michelle sounds like you've experienced it sounds like you had out of body it's not like you're just writing about something theoretical 
It's about something you have firsthand. Is that true? Is that do you occasionally reach that? I mean, a lot of people stretch their lives for ages trying to have such an experience. A lot of the album is about what it feels like to die. I didn't actually like pinpoint that as what it is, but it, it's definitely about when a body feels on the very edge of existence or feels like it's at its last breath. I think inadvertently, even if one doesn't really seek spiritual knowledge, there's something about that extreme state. If you're in that extreme of a state, you become very aware of every breath. And then maybe knowledge is absorbed. Even if you weren't looking to find it, it would be absorbed. And this period of my life about 10, 15 years ago now where I really remember feeling like I expanded. It's hard to articulate, but it it was around 11, 12 years old. And it it quite literally felt like I couldn't tell where I ended and where other people began. It was like no sense of boundaries. And I couldn't tell if the another person was thinking or if that was me thinking and I couldn't really partition out my thoughts and strange experiences of looking at something across the room and then feeling like you were looking out from it. It's all very abstract and I obviously had a lot of doctor appointments and a lot of therapy and a lot of things trying to explain it and when you're young you don't have that many words for it necessarily and it became very important to me to have a very, very strict, strict routines and schedules because I felt like it was the only thing anchoring me to, that otherwise I was just going to like fly off or just disintegrate or explode or some type of thing like that. And so I did very, very intense yoga or very intense like physical sensations, just running, just doing whatever could really get me back to feeling like I was in a physical realm. And it was all just to anchor myself. It was like this idea that if I didn't do that, that I would just be gone and that there would be no me, and that was terrifying. So it, it's all very old, and it, it took several, several years to process it, but I very much value that period of time, and I definitely think that it was just some sort of trying to become aware but not quite knowing how and not knowing the ways to do it that would benefit myself or benefit other people, but that it had a genuineness behind it. The making of this album was about like being the person that I was 10 years ago, kind of reliving all these things and only seeing it through a different lens. It was with music instead of with something else that I might have been obsessed about. Like I said, like very intense routines and very, very absurd routines, like thinking quite embarrassing and I would never detail them out but just thinking that you have to touch your foot 20 times before you put on a sock or some it, it was very very bizarre until it got to a point where it took me like three hours to get ready for school in the morning and obviously my mom was just in shock and didn't know what to do with a 13 year old doing that so yeah the, with this album I kind of did that again only it was with phrasing of words it was a very similar experience and I realized at that moment that I had taken everything from this kind of darker side of habits and I completely transferred it and projected it all onto music. And I know that was kind of like a, a way out there tangent, but I find it very appropriate if anyone wanted to know what the album was about. That It was definitely about just learning how to be in a body and not be ashamed of being a human. It was definitely, um, like I said, the mapping of the inner territory of a person and 
this idea of the down and in phases being a very necessary part to kind of bottoming out and then realizing what up is only because you knew what down was. And then also this idea of the thoughts that when one sits with their thoughts, it sounds like it's all just one big monstrous voice or one big machine that's doing everything. But I, I like the experience of hearing when you go outside, like that there's the birds here, there's a child laughing there, and there's a, a an engine revving over there. And that this idea that because of our eyesight, we can tell it's not just one big ugly noise that's coming at us because our eyesight gives us that awareness. And the thoughts, I think, are very much the same. I think there are very many competing forces with different agendas and, and different intentions, whether good or harmful for us, that they sound like one big roar, one big unsorted out thing. But if we could possibly devote ourselves just a little bit of our time to just trying to get to know our thoughts, we could identify the thoughts that meant us well and the thoughts that were maybe trying to do us in or for some reason trying to make us just feel horrible or sad all the time. And that by doing that, it's kind of like that idea of being on the street and seeing the different things. You know, if you know that that's an engine revving over there and, and this sense of sight, this sudden awareness that you have has taught you that, you know how to walk the other way and gravitate towards the birds or towards some other noise that maybe you would enjoy more. It's just an analogy that I really fell in love with as I tried to pay more attention to sounds and such when trying to just make an album or find synth tones and things. Well, let's make some more sense tones musically, I guess, now. Up next for your song of the soul is? Up and Out. And that's all? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this song, Up and Out, like I said, like the forces are the things that feel really good that might be telling you that you're not alone or that there's more going on than maybe you can see on the surface, that all other times in life are necessary for those times when you're in a position to go forward or reach up, and also the times when maybe to go socialize more, I think of that as out, go out into the world, and you can be in the world without being consumed by it or being a part of it. It's very possible to do both.
Another gem from Michelle Lynn, Up and Out, from her CD Without an Outline. It's from her most recent CD, and I understand that one's still in production. You're getting ready to crank them out. How do you do this? Do you have someone locally who produces them? How do you produce your CDs? Well, I've got the master, which is what I sent to you to be able to play the songs today, and I send them to this company called Noiseland in Minneapolis. They've done the hard copies of all of my CDs up to this point. Um, should have those from them in about two weeks or so and put them in a few stores around town. And I also have them and I mail them out of my house if I get an email from somebody and they send a check and an address. I also do it that way. And if you go to the website, michellelynnmusic.com, there's different ways to access it pretty soon here. should have it all set up and good to go. We're coming close to the end of our time. How can you send us out for this Song of the Soul? This last song we're going to play is Centers and Limits. It's a song with a part at the end, which becomes one of my favorite parts from the CD, just kind of some nice synth sounds that get you out of my thoughts for a while, since I can really gravitate towards words a lot. It was very important to me to make some music that was more feeling-oriented, that could produce feelings for people. It's just about new worlds and new places and things that maybe are hard to articulate, but they can open up and certain awarenesses to not be afraid of them. If you start seeing things more, you'll start seeing maybe just as many good things as bad things and to just realize they both expand at the same time. And how else could it go? That's probably the only way it could go. Centers and Limits, Michelle Lynn.
song up today for Michelle Lynn's Song of the Soul, Centers and Limits. Just a couple comments before I let you go, Michelle Lynn. There is something left over from our conversation two years ago. You mentioned you had a whole lot of writings and that your five-year plan was maybe to put them together in some kind of book. Has that progressed over the last two years? It became more of a project that wasn't what I anticipated, but it's funny that you bring that up. I do have a book that I'm hoping to have out within the next two months here. That's, it's a lyrical book, since I never really put the lyrics in any sleeve or jacket inside the CDs throughout the years. So it'll be a lyric book. Along with that, I did want some type of philosophical discussion of some sort, even in really small doses here and there. And I sent out this email to a lot of people to ask a question about the music or about maybe a song they'd heard once. And I was really lucky. It became like 40 musicians and artists and venue owners and different friends and such throughout uh, basically the tri-state region. And their questions are in the book along with just some answers. So instead of maybe reading a book that is all a chapter about one thing or anything like that, it's it just reads like an interview. That's kind of what that project turned into a little bit, and I'm excited to have that out in two months. should be going around playing shows and having that available pretty soon here. So it's not so much a book of writings that are that old or anything. It's a book that can maybe read like the way our conversation was today. And, of course, people want to track that down. com is the place to go. They can hear our earlier conversation as well as this one again and leave comments. We really love it when you leave comments on our site. Follow the links to our guests. It's a rich world out there. And Michelle Lynn, you're certainly part of the richness. Thanks for joining me for Song of the Soul. Thank you so much for having me and for doing this for musicians who you know, maybe want to speak a little bit more than, than just about something that would happen in a 10-minute interview. So thank you. Thank you very much. My pleasure, you can be sure. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy, let in the light, it will heal you. And you can feel you and sing out a song of the soul.